Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Working Mom Life of a Bully Teacher. I'm your podcast host, Dr. Courtney Pegram, and I'm here with you today on episode 18. Yay, I'm super excited. That doesn't really sound sincere. I should be like, yay, I'm really excited. Um, I'm grateful to be able to be doing this podcast and to kind of have an opportunity to talk to you about the stuff I know and also what I'm learning and some of the stuff I'm struggling with. Um, So episode 18. Hmm. So today I want to focus on the impact of shaming our children. It's a tough topic. Hmm. I don't even know exactly where to start. And how to go into some of the strategies because it's something that I think as a society we struggle with. I think shame is a deep-rooted emotion that we all feel and we react to in different ways. I also think that I come from a generation that, you know, shaming was a way of discipline and that I uh, grew up with certain messages that I believed in that were totally false, but over time, I started to believe in them, and I was actually shaming myself. So I wanted to talk about the impact um, that it has on our children, and it's really hard to build resilience, self-esteem when we're shaming our kids. Now, this is not an episode where I'm pointing the finger. I'm actually opening my hands and my heart towards you and being like, we all do it, and Um, We all make mistakes, but it's being more aware of when we're shaming, why we're shaming, and how do we make a difference. And then if we do it, if we can turn around and say, I'm sorry, and I promise I won't do that again, or this is why this happened. I mean, it's the first step to creating awareness and change in our lives. So that's where I'm coming from. Today, I'm coming from a place of love and a place of connection, so you understand that Um, This is a difficult topic, and I'm going to share true information that is hard for me, that doesn't sit well with me, but I feel like you need to know what's going on, and also we need to talk about these things. So today we're talking about the negative impact of shame. So I was, like I said, I was at a school um, a few weeks ago, and this really didn't sit well with me. Um, There was a situation, so let's imagine, I'm running an assembly, and I typically work with middle school kids, which if you do have a middle school kid and you're listening to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about, right? So they're too cool for school. They have a gazillion hormones running through their body. The last thing they want is a bully teacher on stage telling them about bullying. Um, So typically they're either disengaged, they're goofy, they're trying to be the class clown, um, or they give me attitude. So it's, it's fun time. I love it. <laughs> um, I'm actually really good at it, and I, I feel like I connect with a lot of middle school kids, so um, I enjoy it, but I do know what I'm walking into, right? Uh, so we were running this assembly, and what I do is I bring up a panel after we do an activity, and we have some, we call them real talk time, where we discuss strategies to stop bullying, bringing kindness, and fueling connection into our schools. Super powerful conversations, and I have people... Um, volunteer to come up so I never like push kids to raise their hand and come up and usually I have typically teenagers that want to share and bring value I always have one or two class clowns and believe me I am a queen at the microphone I can take that microphone fast away from a child before they ruin an assembly however it does happen 
So just giving you um, some background. So we had some kids on stage, and um, this one child came up, and he was... I actually didn't hear what he said. Um, He talked about... We were talking about advice to give our younger selves. Um, What I I didn't know is that... um, he had been sick when he was a kid. I guess it was in fourth grade. He had mono, and he was sharing that if he was to go back and give his younger self advice, he would tell himself um, not to do certain things because that's how he got mono. I couldn't really hear him. He wasn't very articulate on the microphone because I think, first of all, sometimes we can't hear kids through. Also, I'm standing right beside him. But I didn't know that it wasn't on topic, so I kind of quickly grabbed the microphrone and I rephrased it. I said, it sounds like health is really important when we're in middle school to stay healthy and pay attention to good and bad habits. So I spoke. I didn't think twice about it. Really, I didn't. Um, assembly ended, and I go and like, like handshakes, high fives to all the students, and tell them great job. So I'm walking out towards this class where this child was, and um, the teacher stops. And it was a smaller classroom, and it was eighth grade. And um, the teacher starts uh, yelling at the student in front of the class and me. Um, and he was saying that like he was absolutely like disappointed and he was disgusted and felt like he was very angry. I can't exactly remember. I don't want to quote him. Um, but he was shaming the kid. Um, and I stood there in a moment of shock (laughs) and I didn't know quite what to do because I am not in that school. I don't know. Maybe this kid does this all the time, right? Tries to be funny and is inappropriate. Um, I have no idea, but what happened is the teacher was yelling in front of the speaker in, in an auditorium where everyone could see, and his classmates all turned and kind of looked at him. So I started looking at the body language around the room, and all the other kids started like towering down, like shoulders went down, his head went down as, as the teacher was yelling, but he was yelling across a group of students that were in line to the child that was at the back of the line. So if you can imagine this in an auditorium, his voice was really loud, and everyone could clearly hear what he was saying. And he was being—he um, was disciplining the child using, I would say, shaming strategies. Um, um, just constantly threatening him as like, you know, we're going to take away this and this from you, and you—I can't believe you said that. And what do you think? You're funny. Do you really think you're unfunny? Like, and he would—and he was repeating. And the anger he was triggered. We could—we could tell. Um, so I stopped and I kind of observed because first of all, I'm a guest in this school and like, I'm a guest in this child's life too. So it's not my place to be like, Hey, who do you think you are? Why are you talking to the kid like that? Or so what I did is I used what I value best is kindness is I turned to the teacher. I said, you know what? Um, it's totally okay. Like I, we handled it on stage is I, I didn't hear what he said. Like, he's like, but like, he's lying. That never happened to him. And the child started to t- speak up. It's like, this did happen to me. So like now at this point, the two of them are yelling between a group of students to each other. So then the teacher sends the class out and now it's just me, another teacher and the student and his teacher. So there's three adults, imagine this, and we're kind of in a triangle and the, the student is in the middle. And the other teacher chimes in and is like, you know, you always do this. Like, this is so inappropriate. Who, like, you're not setting an example. But it was not just what they were saying. It was how they were saying it, right? So I looked at the kid, and he went from, like, trying to defend himself, and he got really emotional. And 
believe me, if you're listening to this and you do have an eighth grader who's a boy, and I'm just, I'm not stereotyping, but with the children I've worked with, a eight-year-old, a eighth grade boy is very unlikely to cry unless he's deeply embarrassed, he's ashamed, okay, or he's so angry that he's about to explode. So those are the three scenarios when I worked with eighth grade boys. And he started, you saw, like, his, his nostrils started to flare up, his, his fists were quenched, and he was, he was mad. He was like, I can't believe you don't believe me. This happened. You never believe me. You guys never believe me. I always get blamed for everything. So his voice is raising, and the teacher's voice raised. Um, and then he's like, you know, then they threatened to take things away. So the student turns around and says, you know, like, you all are a bunch of dummies. You know, and so then he says, what did you say to me? You called me a dummy. Well, that's it. Like, anyway, so you can imagine how this conversation started to escalate. So I'm standing there and I'm like, what do I do? Right. I train about this. I'm like, I'm in the moment. I'm like, but instead of being a deer in headlights, I use my best strengths to my bench. I'm like, okay, like, oh, okay. I'm like, let's, let's, let's just take a pause here because, you know, I don't know what you know, this child has done in the past, you know, I've only spent an hour with him. I said, but, um, you know, I would love to have a chat with him. So what I tried to do is diffuse the situation as fast as I could, because it's not my place to correct a teacher in front of another teacher and a student when I don't really know the background around this, right? Do they deal with this every day? Um, was the child really trying to be funny and, um, embarrass me on stage? I mean, I, I, I doubt he was trying to embarrass me. I probably think he just tried to be funny. Um, did he misunderstand the question? Like, I have no idea. All I knew is the child was so triggered that he was crying. Um, and also, I know, um, we're thinking with middle school, the last thing a kid wants to do is walk into the lunchroom crying, right? Because that's embarrassing. So I was, what I said is, hey, like, let's, I'm okay. I said, you know, I'm totally fine. You know, I don't, I am not insulted. I am not, this doesn't make a difference to me. Like, I don't, you know, I, I said, I appreciate you coming on stage, but I, I said, I need to keep you back for a bit. So I let the teacher go and I took the child aside and we sat in the auditorium. And here's the power moment. So this is what I did. I said, I'm getting emotional because I felt so bad for the kid. I said, you know what? I believe you. He's like, no one ever believes me. No one ever trusts me. I'm like, you know what? I, I believe you. I'm like, you got mono. I, do you have older siblings? He's like, yes. I'm like, you know, I mean, it happens. I said, it makes you really tired. He goes, yeah. I'm like, I believe you. He said, I honestly believe you. And I said, I'm really, really sorry. And I said, you know, sometimes even as adults, we don't understand how to communicate or how to share things. And I believe that you didn't try to go up on stage and make fun of me or make, make a joke. I said, you could have honestly misunderstood the question. Or even if you were coming on stage to be funny, right? It's fine. You made a mistake and it's okay. So regardless of what you wanted to do and accomplish, it's not where I want you to be in this moment. I said, where I want you in this moment is to understand that I believe you and it's okay. And I said, I want to sit with you. Okay, I said, you're, you're really upset. I said, you seem really frustrated, mad, angry. I said, it seems like you're so angry that like, you're really getting yourself physically upset. Because he was so mad and sad and all these emotions that he was like almost hyperventilating and crying. 
So we sat there for probably five minutes, mostly in silence. I did some talking. Um, I tried to build connection and rapport the most I could, right? But I also sat there. And why it broke my heart is I see this a lot. And this kid, regardless of his intentions, right? It was what he was saying back, right? I know why he called us dummies. <laughs> I would have probably called everyone else dummies too. He was cornered. And I realized that when we're, we're ashamed, right? When we, we're being shamed, we do three things. We either fight back, right? We either, you know, try to please, like, oh, like try to like, make the situation to our advantage, you know? Or we run or we, fl- we flight the situation, right? So he fought back because he didn't know what else to do, right? Um, is it appropriate? No. I mean, you I mean, dummies is really not that bad of a word, if you ask me, with, with the kids I work with. But I'm just saying, like, this whole purpose is this story. And it's not to say anything bad of the teacher. Because you know what? I don't know. I don't know what the teacher was facing that day. I don't know his interaction with that student. Um, you know, and especially talking to the other teacher, they explained that this child had behavioral problem problems um and it made me think like I see this often in my groups you know it's it's we once the child is like targeted with behavioral problems every time they do something we assume they have ill intent or they're out of line and I don't know if we just go to those strategies of raising our voice, yelling, and shaming because that's the only way we can feel we can control. But most of the time, especially in this culture, in this day and age, shaming doesn't work because kids react back and not in a good way, right? Um, They don't... I was thinking about when I was shamed by a teacher when I was a child. Like, I'd cower down and put my head down and I'd cry, right? Nowadays, you don't see that. Kids fight back. Um... They yell back. They swear back, right? They're not going to take it, but it still hurts them. I mean, I knew my th- th- my child. I know I call him my kid because it was the best thing that happened to me that week because I just, I really felt the connection with him. And also I could feel his pain. I'd been there. I'd been yelled at from my bosses like years ago in front of a whole group of my colleagues. Who do you think you are? You're such a, with swear words, uh, like an idiot, like na na na, and like I was so ashamed, and I remember that moment, and I felt in that moment exactly what he felt. Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. I did exactly what he did. I started yelling back at my boss because I was like, I'm, I'm, you're not telling me how to do this. Like, right? Was it appropriate? No. Was it a lose lose situation? Yes. Does this happen as adults? Yes. Does it happen between teachers and kids? Yes. Does it happen between parents and kids? Yes. Do we need to start looking at our behavior and creating change? Yes. So the, the problem is the shaming behavior. We never get what we're, we want out of it, right? And it doesn't feel good. So no one, I believe me, no one in the situation left feeling good. After I spent the time with the child, you know, and we, he calmed down, um, I made sure that he was de-escalated. We talked about stuff that he liked and, you know, and then I made him help me clean up <laughs> the entire assembly. Um, not because I needed help, but I wanted him to fulfill at least or feel fulfilled or feel like I value him. And he did. He helped me clean up the whole assembly. And um, uh, at the end, I gave him a bracelet. Um, a bulldog bracelet about being brave and strong. And 
And that for me was a token of like my gratitude of like, thank you, but not thank you for helping me clean up. Thanking you, thank you for trusting me, for letting me sit with you. He was so kind to me. He didn't have any attitude. Um, he calmed himself down. And like, for me, it was so powerful in that moment. It was powerful because I could relate to his emotions and also was powerful because I realized we have to take these timeouts with our kids and be like, Hey, you're not okay. And I'm going to sit with you through that. So that's kind of my story. And I want to go back and reiterate, I do not know what had happened prior between the teachers, the student, or what the student has done. So I'm coming in as a total guest, and I'm not judging. I am not here to judge. That's why I didn't feel it was my place to tell the teacher to stop, right? Because he was, I mean, I can tell, if I was to come back to that school, so this is an example, if you're, if you have a colleague that does this, I would pull them aside and say, like, hey, like, I saw what happened. Like, are you okay? Do, do, like, you know, you seem really upset by what this kid did, right? Um, I kind of figure out, like, looking at the self-awareness from the standpoint of the teachers of, like, how are some of the kids' behaviors triggering us? And what is the impact when we get triggered on the kids? Um, and that's a whole different lesson that I do a lot in my professional development with teachers. It's more looking as adults as what are the behaviors that trigger us to get angry, frustrated, mad, yell, raise our voice, shut down, um, or dismiss kids? And lastly, what, what triggers us to shame kids? Um, so I think that's really important to think about. And then also when I'm talking about shaming, it's like, it's about not putting someone in the hot seat, right? In front of everyone else and either airing all their dirty laundry or putting them in their place in front of everyone else. Because sometimes we don't know where that kid's coming from. So if you're a teacher and that kid's giving you a lot of problems, I promise you, I promise you, there is something bigger in their life going on. There is no child and I've worked with a lot of kids that wake up in the morning and says, my mission in life is to terrorize my teacher. Even though sometimes we feel like it, and I've had kids that I felt like it. It is not. So they're acting out for a reason. They're craving attention for a reason. They're being mean, bullying for a reason. It comes back to hurt. There is something in their life that is hurting them, that is traumatizing them, and it's a cry for help. And... So us as adults, especially as educators, sometimes we don't know what to do with these kids. And even as parents, you know, sometimes our children are going through such a rough time that the only thing we know to do to kind of get them back in line is shaming them. Because it might have worked for us. It might have worked for our parents. But that doesn't mean it's the best. Because things are changing. So now we're really focusing on the impact of emotions, behaviors, and thoughts across the board. We're doing it in the workplace, right? We're talking about emotional intelligence, psychological safe workplaces, positive work cultures, right? We're talking about culture fluidity, implicit bias. And in schools, we're talking about like how to increase social emotional learning skills. This is all emotion work, right? Whatever you want to call it, it's developing and understanding and processing our emotions so we can identify healthy behaviors and healthy thoughts so we can strive as humans, right? So shaming does the opposite. 
And I think that the more we shame our children, the less we develop their resilience and their abilities to overcome difficult situation. Because instead of saying, I failed an assignment, they say, I am a failure. Instead of saying, I lost at this game, they say, I am a loser, right? So the idea is they no longer identify behaviors as like, it was a bad moment, it was, a, it was just an off time, or I can get over it. It's they become that. So they become the loser, the failure. They start thinking, I am not good enough. I am not worthy. I don't deserve love. No one loves me. I'm okay on my own. I don't need anyone. Those are things I hear often by children. And you know what? When I do my corporate training, I hear the same things. So in a world where we're constantly connected via social media and like email and text, we're often so far disconnected from each other. So we don't realize when we're shaming the impact that we have on others. Um, I mean, I've done it. I've yelled at kids before. And early in my career, like, I would like, if you don't sit down, like, well, I don't know what I threatened them with. I can't remember. And it never worked. It really never worked. I would just look like an angry bully teacher. And they would just be an angry child. Um, and not to say that I don't yell at home. Oh, my God, do I ever yell? Like, I have, like, an on and off button sometimes. I'm like, I need to shut it down. So I have to constantly work on myself. I am imperfect. Um, and I strive on development. So I have to work on why am I losing my temper, right? You know, is it that big of a deal that I repeated 10 times for her to go take a bath? Really? Can I just chill out? Right? So it's kind of those self-talk moments that I have with myself to help me self-reflect to better work on behaviors and, and, and identify what's triggering me. So we talked a lot about um, last week's self-esteem and how like using that SWAT 2.0, identifying your strengths. So two of my biggest strengths is kindness and compassion. So I know it, if I'm in a place of anger and I'm frustration, resentment, it's really hard for me to be compassionate and kind. So I have to really process those emotions because I can c- quickly go into shaming others, shaming my husband, shaming my daughter, Right? Because those are the closest people to me and it's the easiest to target, right? So start looking at when you're upset, distracted, stressed out, and then something happens. What are the behaviors you, you slip to that aren't necessarily like the best? And then how can we change our shaming behaviors? So last but not least, I'm going to give you a few strategies to work on um, that, I've, that I try as most as I can to never revert to. So one strategy is really not shaming your child in public. So for example, if a situation happens and your child's being inappropriate or um, something's happening or it's a conflict, right? So not shaming your child in public means so not putting them down, um, name calling them, or like making a scene in front of everyone. Because it's really not helpful. I mean, would you really want that to happen to you? Right? And then if that happened to you, how would you feel? So I'm a really strong advocate of not 
shaming our kids in public and taking that situation offline when you're alone and talking about the impact of their actions. You can definitely discipline your child in public, like, hey, that's not appropriate or stop that, or we're going to have a talk when we get home. That's not okay, right? Those are good transition statements. But blatantly name-calling your kid or shaming someone or putting someone down like in front of our people is really not effective and no one gets anything out of it. And honestly, I want you to think about it. Do you really feel good about yourself after you've done it? So that's a big thing, big strategy. It's a big no-no. Let's not, let's not put each other down, and especially not in public in front of everyone. Because all you're doing is you're taking your power and using it in a negative way to harm someone else. It's pretty close to bullying, if you ask me. Um, secondly, stay away from name-calling and using behaviors or situations and making it about the person. So don't say, you're such an idiot, or... You're a failure. You're never going to make it. Who do you think you are? Um, like all the things that think would be identified as the person, right? You're, you're a failure. You're a loser. You're not good enough. Um, I can't believe I raised a child like you. Um, you're never going to amount to anything. Um, like those statements that we all can identify with are just really damaging. So things you can say when disciplining a child would be like, um, you know, I can't imagine how you feel about failing that test. That must have been really difficult, you know. Maybe sometimes I can help study. We can work through this. It's just a test. I know next time you'll try better. Um, and... You can even say, like, I'm disappointed that you didn't spend enough time studying on this test. I'm more upset that I didn't check in with you and ask you the help you needed, right? So instead of blaming, opening up the door for responsibility for all parties involved. Um, also, so instead of being like, you know, if your child did something really bad or made a bad choice, being like, that was a bad decision, right? And there were some negative consequences, um, so never really saying your child is bad, right? I, I just triggers me. I get so upset when I'm like, he's such a bad kid. No, 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 right? Because then the kid starts thinking, I am bad. I'm just a bad kid. I'll never do anything good, right? So, no. There's behaviors that we do that can be considered good or bad, right? Just like as adults, we have good habits and bad habits. Like, So let's stick to the behavior and the habit and identify why it's negative and why it has a negative impact versus making it about the child. So I'm really like, when I hear a bad kid or he's a bad student or like he's an idiot or I mean, I've, it just, it's just, it's never going to help the child, right? I mean, believe me, Behind closed doors, when I have a difficult student, maybe in my car, I've been like, yeah, that kid was a, a donkey, right? <laughs> I mean, I also have my moments as a human. Like, I mean, some children can be extremely difficult. But do I tell it to the kid? Do I announce it to the world? No, I keep it to myself. Then I think about, like, why? Why did that kid make my life so difficult? What was that kid doing that upset me? Why was it difficult for me? And what are the strategies I used that didn't work? And what could I have done differently? So those are the things that we need to think of. So 
When we're shaming, I think that it's coming from a few different places. It's either coming from a habit, like that's what we learn, that's what we know. It's either coming because we have some emotions that we're very uncomfortable with, and that's a, a reaction, right? It's a form of old school discipline that I don't agree with. It's a way to assert your power. But if you're doing that, that means that you have to take someone else's power for you to feel more power. And in the long run, it's not beneficial. So that's my whole thoughts on shame um, as far as shaming your kids. I think I want to leave you with the idea of we've done it. I've, I've shamed people. I mean, I've, I've accidentally, I would say accidentally, like I didn't like trip over and shame my kid but I mean there's points where I lost my temper to a point that like I just like I, I said things that I shouldn't have said to my daughter right you know and I took a step back and I was like whoa you need to calm down and what is going on and then a lot of self-talk helped me kind of reflect and you know I apologize I sincerely apologize later and I explain why I got to that point so parenting is not easy and it's not a one and done right? It's going over and constantly learning about the message we're trying to deliver to our children. What is the teaching behind it? What is the learning we want to get them to get? Um, Because we are so focused academically on our children and like, you know, on them getting in the best college that we need to shift a bit and think about what are the behaviors that we're doing that aren't fostering self-worth, self-esteem, and self-love. Because a child can be the most brilliant kid in the world. But if you shame them and getting getting them to that point, they won't last. And that's not healthy for them. So I really want us to think about ways to redirect the conversation. Have those open and honest conversations. And really take away those words that hurt and harm to just get what we're trying to get our point across. Um, next week, I want to talk about like more internal shame and the impact it has on a child and on us, and then the different definitions between embarrassment, guilt, and then shame. There's so much. I mean, I could spend hours on it, you know. And if you've been listening to this podcast, I've mentioned Brene Brown a few times too. Um, I'm her biggest fan, um, and I I read all her work and I agree with her. And I want to use some of her models, her theories, and ideas in the con- in the concept of middle school and what I deal with, so that we can kind of relate. Um, so um, if you want to learn more about um, dealing with shame and all that stuff. Brene Brown is a great resource. And then um, I want to leave you with my thoughts that we all make mistakes and we all feel shame. And it's about finding ways to overcome it, to process it, and to find healthy coping strategies so that we can be better parents and raise amazing, confident, resilient, empathetic kids. So until next time, everyone, thank you for joining us. If you do have a moment, I would love if you could um, subscribe to our podcast, like us, write us a review. That would be awesome. Um, I really want to continue to build this community. And if you you find this was helpful, you can just share it with a friend, right? Um, You just click on your phone and just send it via text. You can send it via email. Share it on your social media. I'm so grateful every time I see you guys um, share some of my stuff. It, like, warms my heart and I feel um, so much joy 
from being able to better serve you and bring you some information that you find helpful. Um, So that is it for today, and I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you so much. Bye.